Get more out of life. Go out to a movie. In 1984, a human soldier is on a mission to stop an indestructible cyborg killing machine, both sent from 2029 from executing a young woman whose unborn son is the key to humanity's future salvation. This is The Terminator. Episode 2 of the Boomstick Video Podcast. Thank you guys so much for joining us. I'm here with the entire Boomstick Club, minus one. We got Zach. Whoop, whoop. You have a nickname or anything uh, that you want us to shout you out with? Some people call me Kayak. Ka- kayak? Yeah. All right. <laughs> like a boat. Yeah, like, like the boat. <laughs> I, I'm not the size of a boat. All right. To my right, we got Dave Clements. Hey. Hey. How's it going? And directly in front of me, we got David Hunt. Hello. So yeah. glad you guys are joining us today. And today, we are talking about the original Terminator from 1984, directed by James Cameron. But back then, it was Jim Cameron, right? Is that true? Yeah, everyone in all the interviews called him Jim, so I don't know if that's I think just... I think he's what, credited as James. Yeah, it's probably just what his friends call him. Maybe, okay. Name's James, my friends call me Jim. <laughs> well, we're friends with, with him. We'll, we'll just say we're friends with him, so we're, I'm going to call him Jim Cameron from now on. Jim Bob? <clears throat> okay, yeah, yeah. So our friend Jim Cameron directed this movie uh, back in 1984. Before we were all born. Yep. Yeah, I was negative two. Uh, four. <laughs> um, so yeah, today we're talking about Terminator, and we all watched it together last night, just to refresh our memories on it, and um, first thing I have to say is this movie is way more brutal than I remember seeing when I saw it as a kid. First time I saw it, um, it was a TV edit of the movie, so obviously a lot of it was... A lot of the violence was taken out, and the bad words. Now I want to talk to you guys, and I want you to share what when the first time, or if you even remember when the first time you saw the movie was. Whoever wants to start can start. I'll start. Go ahead. Uh, yeah, I was probably uh, under six for sure. And I remember it was on TV as well, so there was a lot of the bad stuff. And I watched it with my dad. And... Uh, I just remember really specifically when the semi crashes at the end. Yeah, the giant and, explosion. Yeah, the giant explosion. And he just walks out of it. I remember that part a lot. And when he rips his eyeball out. Uh, but I, yeah, it was like edited some, so it wasn't like as brutal as I watched last night. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was. I was young. I was surprisingly young to be watching something like Terminator. I I honestly think the first time I saw it in its entirety with without being edited was like a few years ago. Yeah, I think me too. Because I saw so many versions of it on TV. Who's next? I um, I probably didn't actually see it until I was a teenager because I, I grew up in a very strict Christian household. So, like, if the movie, <laughs> if the movie wasn't playing on TBN, then, <laughs> then I probably wasn't watching it. I don't think it aired much on TV. Yeah. <laughs> left behind. Saw a lot of left behind and bit in. Yeah. <laughs> left behind one through eight. I think the first the first time I saw it was sometime after I saw T two. Oh, you saw it after? Okay. Yeah, I didn't okay. even know. So I was kind of, but I was 
I was really young. Uh-huh. I, so I really don't remember it. So I would actually say that last night might technically be the first time I've seen the whole thing. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Every, it's it's so classic that, like, every, everybody and their mom remembers bits and pieces from it. To do a little bit more research, I asked, actually asked my father um, if he remembers when this movie first came out. And he was like, oh, yeah, I definitely remember when it first came out. Um, it was... It was such a big deal, not for the not for the reasons you may think. It was a big deal because it was advertised like almost like a slasher movie with a sci-fi twist. Everybody loved it just because of how intimidating Arnold Schwarzenegger was. And this was obviously um, one of Arnold's, probably Arnold's first really, really big role, I think. Correct. Um, right after Conan, so like he did. Yes. Conan the Barbarian and Conan the Destroyer, and then he did this. So like. Yes. It, it was right when he was like starting to become a star. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Becoming more of a household name. Yeah. Just yeah. like a, a weight lifter. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And he was just a massive human being. Right. Yeah. And on that note, we'll just get started. Um, talking just a little bit about the story, and uh, it starts in 2029, and then it rewinds to 1984, when uh, Arnold, as the, uh, as, what is it, the T, what, the Cyberdyne Systems Model T-101 or something like that? Something, 800-101? So I was actually looking at that before we started, like, actually before I got here, I was looking into things. Because I had heard the T six hundred, he is the more advanced model of the T six hundred. He's the T eight hundred. So okay. He has living tissue for skin instead of like silicone or gotcha. something like that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that makes more sense. So he's a T eight hundred. Yeah. So he appears out of nowhere um, in Los Angeles in nineteen eighty four through actually decent looking kind of like electricity beams. It kind of it looked pretty good for. I was eight, impressed nine, for yeah. the time. Yeah. yeah. I mean that great. was like early. CG and that was probably like one of the only like CGI type shots that they used probably. in the entire movie. Yeah, yeah. Everything Mo else was kind of practical effects. Yeah, most of it was practical. But yeah, it it looked pretty good. It's very <laughs> iconic too. Like just because when you think of Terminator showing up, if you've seen that one or you've seen T two, just that electricity and uh -huh. the way that he appears. And I know you're going to get to that. You're but fine. The way that he gets. You know, the, the way that he shows up is so iconic, and yeah. um, it really does set the tone for what this character is. Mm -hmm. Very, very cool. Yeah. And when he stands up, and you just see how massive Arnold was back then, because uh -huh. we were saying that last night, like, while we were watching this, it's like, that was definitely, like, his, his Mr. Universe physique. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he was just massive human. Massive yeah. butt, too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you get a full-on Arnold butt view as he like he stands on the roof and he's looking at the skyline of Los Angeles. Honestly, best part of the movie for me. <laughs> yeah, I think I agree. I think I agree. Yeah, yeah. Not so much for Arnold butt, but for the skyline of Los Angeles. <laughs> oh, right. Yes, of course. Yeah, yeah. That's what Zach meant. I love skylines. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's what I was talking about. Um, so, yeah, it was, like, the first introduction to Arnold would probably be equivalent. I was thinking about this last night. Probably be, like, the same amount of, like, um, like shock and awe when uh, the mountain first uh, appeared on Game of Thrones. Yeah. Just this massive dude. Like, where, who is this guy and where did he come from type of thing. Mm. That's kind of, like, the how I compare, compared it. Well, at the time, was there any real big guys in movies? Like, Stallone wasn't really quite doing much yet, was he? No. It, well, Stallone was never, he wasn't never huge. as big he as Arnold. He was just more cut. Yeah. Like, yeah. He, he didn't have the mass. See, when you started saying what, it, what you were thinking of, mm -hmm. um, at this point, I would say it might actually be on par with the first time you see Vader. In oh, Star yeah. Wars, yeah. Would, you know what, seven years earlier? Mm -hmm. Like, just this presence of... Mm. I mean, and Vader's tall. Yeah. But just 
you know that this dude means business <laughs> when yeah. he shows up. Yeah, yeah. He was fully established as, like, this ultimate badass type of guy. And it's funny. Again, we'll talk about this a little bit. Um, David, last night you mentioned um, how they the um, original plan for the t Terminator as a character, they were not going in this direction at all. If you want to elaborate on yeah. that. When um, when they first started making the movie, they wanted the Terminator to be like sort of like a, an assassin, mm -hmm. uh, where he could just kind of like sneak in through crowds and look just like an everyday guy, and then like kill whoever they were after, and then be able to sneak away through the crowd. Mm -hmm. um, but then uh, they had um, Arnold, who actually came in to read for the part of of. Um, the the hero Reese of Reese Kyle Kyle, <laughs> Kyle Reese Kyle Reese Kyle that we called John all night <laughs> um and uh, he was like oh I actually like this Terminator character and I'm mm -hmm. like oh that that would actually work so then they like rewrote the entire mm -hmm. Terminator as this like huge larger than life mm -hmm. type villain I I watched um, I watched a little bit of the documentary link that you sent me. Mm -hmm. And it's it's fun, kind of funny how when Arnold was when Arnold was reading the script, he was more drawn to the Terminator character, and uh, and when when James met Arnold, he uh, he was actually thinking the same thing that Arnold was thinking. Like I I'm like I think that this guy is much more fitting for the Terminator. But they went they went through their dinner just like. And like they're meeting, thinking like, well, I better not say that because <laughs> I don't want to like come off as like. I don't want to lose this part completely. Yeah, right. exactly. And I don't want to like, lose him as an actor. Yeah. yeah, they were both thinking the same thing, and then initially, like I think one of them said, D "Did you consider me for the part <laughs> of the term?" And James is like, "Actually, yes." Yeah, <laughs> and and that's kind of, and then the rest is history. So, yeah, go ahead. Um, go for it. Something I was thinking of, something that I found incredibly interesting as I did more research, the idea that James Cameron came up with the idea of the Terminator on the set of Piranha 2, uh, he was <laughs> sick, so he had this fever dream of this metal skeleton like walking through fire. Mm-hmm. And it's so cool that you actually get that in this movie, like just that iconic you really, image. You really do, yeah. I, I couldn't imagine having a dream and just like, ah, I'm going to make a movie about yeah. that. That's a uh -huh. heck of a fever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. Can you imagine a Terminator now where Arnold's the good guy trying to stop a normal looking dude? Yeah. You know? <laughs> and like tr him trying to explain the backdrop of like, in the year 2022. <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah. I wonder if that's how, how James Cameron came up with a lot of his movies. Like, I could believe it if you said that about Avatar. Like, I, I saw these blue people. They're <laughs> <laughs> just walking around with these tails. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't socially acceptable to talk yeah. about drugs, yeah. but in 2020 now, and we'll then find a, out. And then at one point, one of the blue aliens sticks his tail inside another blue alien. <laughs> yeah. I guess that makes sense. That's probably how he ascended from that gym level Cameron to that James, James. level Cameron. Yeah. The drugs yeah. have just elevated his essence. Such a <laughs> iconic. All right. Anyway. <laughs> so, okay. So, yeah. Arnold Schwarzenegger, as the Terminator shows up, and he goes and uh, demands these uh, punk rockers to give them his clothes. Then he punches a hole right through Bill Paxton. <laughs> like, literally, right through him. I think that's part of the reason why this movie is rated R, but there's a lot more to it. But yeah, the violence is established way early. He, yeah. He punches a hole right through this guy. So, automatically, you know that this guy is not human at all. And I don't remember that scene at all. Like, mm -hmm. from any other time I yeah. watched it till last night. Uh -huh. I, I do not remember that. Mm -hmm. I also thought that he went to the biker bar in the first one. That, I mean, that's totally the second one. Part two. A lot of mm -hmm. a lot of people um, mix up um, the beginning of part two and the beginning of part one. 
the, they're actually very similar scenes. Very. Similar. Yeah, the 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 very first ep- the first movie. A very jacked and naked Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> yeah. Walking up to strange dudes in the middle of the night. Yeah. Give me your clothes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which those guys were really tiny. How did any of their clothes fit Arnold? Right. Yeah. <laughs> I never thought about that until now. Yeah. They, that's... they had to cut the scenes where he re-sewed the clothes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm a machine. Yeah. I can sew like no other. He just like pulls his finger off. Yeah, and it's like a needle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's must have been what he did. I mean, there's no other explanation. So yeah, he like he demands these punk rockers their clothes, and uh, then you know the movie takes off, and we get to uh, um, we get also get to see the hero. Um, he also transports himself back to 1984, a guy by the name of Reese, and. Uh, um, we also get a pretty decent view of his butt. <laughs> not as impressive. Yeah. <laughs> not, not nearly as impressive. Not nearly that as impressive. That wasn't, wasn't as good. Yeah. Yeah. He's Just a normal guy, but... Yeah, mm-hmm. He showed up on a construction site. It's not attractive <laughs> at all. Mm-hmm. And he is... He traveled back in time um, for a similar reason, but he needs to, he needs to protect Sir Connor from this massive uh he doesn't he doesn't know who the terminator is or what he looks like correct like right. he right. When he goes back he's he he's he's there but he really doesn't know who, who he's looking for yeah. who he's looking for well and part of that he explains later in the movie when he does talk a little bit about the T600s about how they were more i think based on the wiki i read they actually nicknamed those in canon rubbers Okay. Um, so <laughs> That's t- funny. I didn't know so, that. So, yeah, the T-600s, they're silicone. So you can spot them. You know what you're looking for. Yeah. The T-800 was a newer model, and they blended in because oh, they have that gotcha. living tissue. Okay. So that's why he doesn't know mm-hmm. what he's looking for. Yeah. So, yeah, he, he just appears, and honestly, I don't know how the heck he... And it's Los Angeles is pretty big. Mm-hmm. So I don't know how he ended up, like... Like knowing where, well, he he knows Sarah Connor by name, so that well, that probably helped him and out. And he knows her by picture too. And the picture, yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, he's got the picture with him too. So and the picture yeah. on the phone book. Yeah, so at least <laughs> yeah. Has her address. which everybody so, has. <laughs> so here's something about that. Like, what would the Terminator have done if? Sarah Connor was unlisted. Like, if, yeah. if she like wasn't, a, or yeah. if, like she has a roommate. What if their address is listed under her roommate's name and yeah. under hers? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'm like, oh, I'm gonna kill these other Sarah Connors. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully, oh. fingers crossed. It was the right one. <laughs> be an entirely different movie. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, so it's it's very interesting to like because when he gets there, he he uh, points the gun points the gun at that cop and he's like what day is it what day is it what year yeah that's and a I, good impression yeah <laughs> what year i actually i think this guy is a really solid actor i think out of out of everybody in the movie him him and him and arnold arnold obviously steals the show for obvious reasons but this he's a really solid actor very I, he definitely holds his own and we talked about that a little bit last night about how in the 80s, like, everybody just overacted. Yeah. Like, to compensate for their bad acting, they overacted. Yeah. Michael Bean is actually, like, he's pretty legit in this movie. Yeah. Any relation to Mr. Bean? <laughs> <laughs> I doubt it. He's a great actor. <laughs> yeah. They should have cast Mr. Bean as Reese. <laughs> as the Terminator. <laughs> Can you imagine? <laughs> Mr. Bean is a Terminator. <laughs> Uh, Mr. Bean is actually his father. Yeah. <laughs> I want to see that movie oh, now. Gosh, that'd be hilarious. Okay, so we um we get we also get introduced to Sarah Connor in a little a little bit later, and um, we were talking about this last night also. This is pre badass Sarah Connor. Sarah is working at a restaurant. She's very she's pretty much lives the most regular life you could ever picture somebody living. Um, and then obviously at the end of this movie, um, she gets established as a much more of a strong character. Um, and then in part two, it's, it's, It's yeah, the rest is history. She's, she's an amazing character from there on out. But yeah, I, I love, I love what he, how he writes, he wrote Sarah Connor for this movie. And I love like you seeing her character progress, 
um, throughout the whole movie because she she has to she has to become she has to become tough really quick because <laughs> and uh, because um, everything just happens for her so fast. Yeah. Like, can you imagine? I definitely can't. Can you imagine like <clears throat> this massive person? All of a sudden, he's hunting you down, and uh, you have no idea why, but there's one person who seems to know exactly why, and he's explaining all of this to you, like, basically in a really quick version that's, yeah. like, <laughs> should, should have been, like, should, he should have been, like, okay, I need to sit you down and tell you the story, but... We don't have 48 yeah, hours, exactly. but... Well, the, they, they put it in that car chase scene because... They didn't want one of those boring, just like sitting around, like here's the exposition. Yeah, that's <laughs> right. true. Yeah, yeah. it's a great place to put that. It worked though. Okay. Like it really worked. Like I mean, I I totally believed it. Like um, with the, the with the urgency of the situation, like he really didn't have any other choice. Mm -hmm. Like you need to listen to me. <laughs> we were talking about this last night. So exactly as I said. <laughs> yeah. So there's Get a your scene. head down. <laughs> yeah. So there's very convenient head placement to keep her safe. Yeah, yeah. So there's a scene where um, Reese has explained to her, "You need to do exactly what I say when I say it. Do exactly as I say." And as we're watching this, David goes, "Oh, that sounds like Zach when he's talking to women," <laughs> which is not accurate. <laughs> not true, but it's worse. Usually, it was it was a funny joke. Zach's yeah. single, everyone. <laughs> Yeah. I know you can't see my face, but so you know, it's pretty reminiscent of Brad Pitt. <laughs> <laughs> it's a mixture between Sylvester Stallone and Mel Gibson. More oh like Sylvester Stallone and... Uh... <laughs> Mr. Bean. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That's it. You nailed it. So, talking about Sarah, I think what's great, uh, and I just literally thought of this. Uh-huh. Uh, I mean, we... It's 2020, and we kind of live in this age of filmmakers feeling like they have to make a movie where you have a strong female lead. Oh, yeah. yeah. Where, where it's required. Because if you don't, you're right. you're sexist. Um, yeah. You know, a bunch of white guys sitting around talking about movies. <laughs> yeah. but, but I think what's really great, though, is that, like, James Cameron, like, that's not... He's not going, well, studio might not let me make this movie if she's not a strong female woman. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And uh, and I think that that's kind of cool. Like, you, you didn't get that much in the 80s. It was these, it was Arnold Schwarzenegger and mm -hmm. Sylvester Stallone type people mm -hmm. running the movies. Yeah. And she's a great character. Yeah. Yeah, and she's yeah, not just real. the whole damsel in distress the entire time. She yeah. starts out that way yep. briefly, mm -hmm. but quickly is like, oh, now I knew how to feel, do field dressings and mm -hmm. yeah. take care of wounds and kill this robot. Yeah. But at the time, too, you know, like right around that time, too, Alien came out. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah. Sigourney Weaver was a really okay. strong female yeah. lead in that as well. Yeah. And I like that it wasn't forced. It was just yeah. a really mm -hmm. natural, like, hey, they're in a situation, they're going to overcome it. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't, you know... Hey, she's a strong, empowered woman. Okay? <laughs> well, and, and the they, final girl. Yeah. They do a good job about like saying that, like, okay, like you're important not just because your son is going to be like the savior of the world, mm -hmm. but because you're actually going to help raise your son to make him that man. Mm -hmm. like, yeah, exactly. They talk about how mm -hmm. she like taught him how to like fight and defend himself at at a young age. So it's like mm -hmm. you're not just important because your uterus. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. Exactly. Right. Yeah. You're important because you're you, and you're the you're the um, the mother of the resistance, really. Pretty yeah. much, yeah. yeah. She really is. Which um, um, I have not seen um, Terminator: Dark Fate. I've heard a lot of bad things about it, but I'm excited to see it just to see Sarah Connor back back on yeah. the big screen. I'm, I'm excited to see that. Um, despite what you think about the movie, I, I'm I'm it's probably going to be cool to see her back. So, um, yeah, uh, let's talk a little bit about um, the practical effects and the action. Um, so, Arnold uh, going into the, uh, the gun store, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> we were talking about this last night and kind of laughing. Like, this gun store owner, he is just freaking letting this massive dude just, like, load all of these weapons right in front of him, <laughs> and... 
Yeah, probably nine millimeters. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, he knows his weapons for sure. It's like, man, buddy, you know your weapons. And he's letting him load it like right in front of him. Shotgun. Yeah. Right in front of him. Yeah. And he's like, then he <laughs> then he rings it up, and Arnold says, "Wrong." <laughs> I wish I could do that when something I don't like. <laughs> I don't like that. I don't like that price. Wrong. <laughs> Wrong. 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 Okay. So, um, yeah, um, Arnold just all of the um, all the gunfights and all of the uh, action involving Arnold with guns is just it's so much fun to watch. I can't lie; it's just a blast. It is. Um, go ahead. Blast. This is funny. Blast. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I didn't even do that on purpose. Like, oh my gosh. Okay. They were good, and like the other like the chase scenes and fight scenes were all really really good too. Yeah. Um, the scene in the bar, uh, the the dance club slash bar when yeah, when he first out. yeah when he first uh, um, first sees the real Sarah Connor um, and uh, Reese stands up and he's like oh there that's him that's him <laughs> and she he starts just completely like unloading on him it looked really it looked really legit like he was like Arnold was actually getting shot shot up really yeah and it didn't feel like like a really staged over the top fight scene where he's doing cartwheels and dodging a whole bunch of bullets mm -hmm. it felt really like high stakes mm -hmm. the whole time it was happening yeah but part of that's just because Arnold's so big and intimidating but Mm -hmm. They didn't have like that over the top like Walker Texas Ranger moment <laughs> where he's cartwheeling across the room and wheel kicking a bunch of bullets out of the air. So did that really happen? Well, he's I, I must have missed that episode. <laughs> well, there, there was very one specific episode I remember where he was in a cemetery and he was literally cartwheeling from gravestone to gravestone. That's and, what I do in cemeteries. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. All these people were shooting at him. It was like fully automatic weapons, and he's just dodging them with cartwheels. So, it's amazing. Yeah, well, I think I what idea. makes the practical effects in this movie and a lot of movies in, from the '80s, uh, and I think why they're uh, so memorable is a lot of these movies are lower budget movies. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, you're, you're, I mean, you're working with typically less than a million dollars to create the entire movie, yep. and so they're going, Way okay, less. well, how do we save money? And obviously. <clears throat> Back then, CGI was way more expensive, mm -hmm. so it's much easier to kind of like his his face. We talked about that a lot yeah. yesterday, um, where it just it looked bad to us, but mm -hmm. it's like at the time, that's what you did. Stan Winston was very very great at doing what he did, yeah. and it cost a heck of a lot less to mix up some silicone, mm -hmm. make a mask, mm -hmm. or a puppet, or whatever. Mm -hmm. Well, the, the makeup itself actually looked like really good. Yeah. yeah. The, only, the only part of the movie that I didn't really care for was the part where they had like that silicone bust of him. That puppet. Yeah, yeah. that yeah. like puppet. Yeah. It's like, when they would go from scene to scene where you saw the puppet and then you saw, saw him, him. Yeah. yeah, it's like, oh, that's a drastic yeah. difference. Very, but, yeah, pretty And bad. maybe it's because we were watching it in high depth that it was more... Mm -hmm. Yeah, maybe. But also, like, the any type of, like, actual face and blood stuff on Arnold himself looked great. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then the one Towards where he's repairing his arm, that mm -hmm. looked fantastic. That mm -hmm. looked really, really good. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I totally agree. It's To us, like you said, it does kind of look humorous. Um, it still has some charm, though. Mm -hmm. yeah. Like the the, uh, the the puppet head of Arnold and him putting the sunglasses on, the sunglasses on. <laughs> it it obviously looks goofy, but it definitely still holds some charm. But towards the end of the movie, when his face, half of his face, pretty much gets literally like ripped off, mm -hmm. that looked great. Yeah. And uh, when he's in the yeah, it was in, when he's in the truck and he says, "Get out." <laughs> like that looked that looked really good, and uh, even in that in that um, documentary, um, Arnold was fully convinced that it wasn't going to look good. Like uh, he he had to sit in the makeup chair for like three or four hours, mm -hmm. and he was fully convinced that he's like this is not going to look good, and, <laughs> and that, no one is going to believe this. Yeah. <laughs> I love how everyone has an Arnold impression. Oh, everybody does, and they're all bad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Arnold's Arnold impression is bad. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how he still has that accent for like living in this country for so long. Yeah, I I, I wouldn't change it at all though. No, that's great. But oh, yeah, go ahead, go oh, ahead, just, David. Just like some of the practical effect, practical effects were like just because they had no money, they mm -hmm. had to do things like um, 
to make like smoke go across the screen mm-hmm. at one at one point they had a guy literally with a cigarette like blowing really? smoke <laughs> like across the, the I didn't camera that. lens. Yeah. Oh that's wow. funny. Yeah. That, but I love practical <laughs> effects. That's one of my favorite things that's ever. That's a cool story. Yeah. yeah, that's cool. You know, because it really shows the, the guerrilla t- style filmmaking where yeah. they're just like, okay, well, I need this smoke, like you said. Yeah. Okay, well, Bob, light up a cigarette yeah. and blow it across <laughs> the lens. Yeah, exactly. And we'll get it. Okay, do it again. Uh-huh. And mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's. <laughs> that's how Bob got a Death sticks. It's a sacrifice you have to make. You got these death sticks. Yeah. <laughs> Somebody's got to do it. I mean, right. Low I'm budget. Got any cigarettes? <laughs> <laughs> you got any cigarettes? That's a line Mental from. <laughs> that's a line from Ninja Turtles. We'll probably definitely talk about the first two Ninja Turtles movies at some point. Um, so yeah, let's uh, let's move on. Let's talk about let's talk about the music in this movie. Um, very different from um, I was thinking about this last night after I went home, um, comparing the music from 1984's Terminator and then to what was it 90, 91, 92? I think it's ninety. Yeah, yeah. Ter- Terminator Two. Very different different feels of music. Like yeah, like, 1984's Terminator soundtrack. Almost at one point sounds like like an action video game uh-huh. from like it's it's got that MIDI like synth uh-huh. throughout the whole thing. I love it. Like obviously, um, I'm all about that because I'm all about '80s horror. And uh, going along uh, along those lines, horror horror fans love the original Terminator because it feels like a slasher movie, and the music feels like a mm-hmm. like a slasher movie from back yeah. from back in the day. So, I don't know if you guys have anything to add to that. Yeah, but... I liked it, for sure. And you have that classic... Oh, yeah. But it's, like, really soft. It's really mm-hmm. soft at first. And mm-hmm. then they add all the electronica MIDI synthesizers and stuff. Mm-hmm. And there was one chase scene about halfway through the movie. I forget what scene it was, but I really loved... Like, it just added that kind of sci-fi scary movie feel to mm-hmm. it yeah it gets um, really frenetic like mm-hmm. yeah like the energy in the scene matches the movie and it was great mm-hmm. um overall though that music is pretty low-key and yeah. it just it, it just adds to it. it's just underlying which i think is mm-hmm. yeah very good like john mm-hmm. carpenter's thing did that really well yeah very it's just, similar it's really minimalistic yeah. but it just adds yeah. a lot to the versus scene. versus t2 which is like heavy like Oh yeah, Guns and Roses. Yeah, like, they a lot of GM they depend. Yeah, they depended more <laughs> on uh, not 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 a score, but most of the like the soundtrack. Like yeah. the Bad to the Bone when Arnold's drive, driving the motorcycle. They yeah, they depended more on that stuff. Yeah. Bigger or, budget. Yeah, <laughs> their budget was a lot bigger. Yeah, yeah. yeah. that's the, true. The music. Um, but yeah, like you were saying, Zach, like when when Arnold first stands up at the beginning of the movie, you hear that very low. Doom, 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 doom. Jum, 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 jum. Yeah, it's uh, so good, so iconic. Yeah, it's great. It's just subtle enough to add a lot of flavor. And the one-liners. Let's talk about the one-liners. So obviously we have, um, I'll be back, which was was uh, um, originally not supposed to. Well, it was in the script, but Arnold wanted to sound more like an like a machine. So he's like, I want to say, I will be back. And James Cameron was like, "No, like just just leave it as it is. It's gonna be great." And then it, uh, went I on. just imagine him practicing that line in the mirror, like, "I'll be back." Yeah, <laughs> I'll be back. I'll be back. I'll be back. I'll be back. <laughs> just the way the way he delivers it. I will be back. Yeah, <laughs> you can the, you can totally tell why it became such an iconic line just because his delivery of it, like. I don't. I think if it was delivered any other way, probably not would have would have been that memorable. Mm-hmm. But just the way Arnold delivers it is just so good, well, so iconic. When they wrote it, they didn't expect it to have that like uh, that comedy aspect. Mm-hmm. That like here he come, he'll be back. He comes <laughs> driving yeah. through the, the yeah. window. <laughs> so good. Oh my gosh. I really liked. Uh... When Reese is, come with me if you want to live. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, everybody's, that's funny because everybody says that line, 
But they say it in Arnold's voice, because doesn't he say it in part two? Yeah, the, and that's the thing about a lot of these one-liners. Mm-hmm. They show up in T2, Yeah, but they're like the, kind of that inverted thing, because mm-hmm. Arnold's saying, you know, yeah. well, like in T2, the T-1000 is the one that says, get out. So mm-hmm. in the helicopter. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, yeah, I remember that. Oh, he totally uh, does. Yeah, so... So it's very interesting how they've played the two. It's kind of cool. T two a lot. No, it's fine. We're they're all... so closely related. They like... are. We'll we'll eventually talk about yeah. that fully, but um, yeah, the it's I I kind of like that. It's it, it's almost reminiscent of um, um, uh, Edgar Wright reusing the reusing lines all over and over and mm-hmm. over and over and over again, like uh, in Shaun of the Dead, like when. Uh, I'm, for an example, like you've got red on you. You've got red on you. Yeah. All that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of similar. Like yeah, I like that a lot. Yeah, it's I like cool. that Arnold has like almost no dialogue. He has like what a hundred words. So the whole yeah, he has like less than a hundred words, and most of those words take place in the gun shop when he's like <laughs> yeah, all the guns. <laughs> yeah. So let's talk about the very end of this movie. So Sarah is fully under under the realization that. She is going to give birth to uh, pretty much pretty much the savior of the world, kind of in a Jesus esque type of thing. <laughs> and uh, I never thought about that. Whoa, that just like that <laughs> just like entered my brain. Like um, Sarah Connor's an analogy for Mary. Mary, Mary. <laughs> well, not, she has a pretty explicit sex scene. <laughs> I don't remember reading that part about Mary. <laughs> That's where the transfer of power is. We talked about this oh, last that's right. Night. Yeah, she, she went from being a woman in distress to being that ultimate uh-huh. woman. Yeah. When she mounted. <laughs> so she said, I yeah. Don't need no man. <laughs> so yeah, that's that's she's fully understanding that John is going to be this ultimate hero, and um, so she's she's driving in the Mexican desert and. Uh, Stops at a gas station, and she's you know recording these these tapes about her journey, and uh, she looks like she's probably like she at this point in this mo- movie it must have been like four or five months later because she looks like she's kind of kind of far baby bump. yeah she's yeah. kind of far along yeah and and um, and then this, this little boy takes the takes this picture of her and it's the exact same picture that Reese had early in the earlier in the movie so the movie becomes full. Full circle. I just made a square. I don't know. <laughs> Full circle. It took a while to get around the circle. <laughs> and yeah, and then it just the movie just ends with her driving off into the distance. Now, was it just is, my imagination as a kid, or is in T two? Don't they show that clip again, and she has like a vision of the world exploding or something? Or is that my imagination? I don't think it's the exact same scene, but um, there's a swing in a playground. There's some maybe that's it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that. I don't want to get too off track, but that scene in that movie messed me up as a kid. Yeah. Like when, like she has the vision of the apocalypse and everybody burning up. Ooh. Yeah. That's just Freaked I, I mix so many things from T two and T one in my brain because mm-hmm. I don't really vividly remember T one. Now I need entirety. to. Now I need to rewatch T two all the yeah. way through because that's an, I haven't even seen that in like quite a long time. Yeah, it's so a long time. I need to rewatch that one too. Um. All right. So. Yeah, that's it, but we're going to talk just a little bit more about some fun facts about the movie. David, you got something that we want to mention? Well, um, Linda Hamilton, who played Sarah, um, she actually broke her ankle before they started filming. Mm -hmm. So, like, during the entire filming, she had this broken ankle. Mm -hmm. So they had to wait until the very end of shooting to be able to do any of the running scenes. Mm -hmm. And if you... uh, watch carefully you can see when she's running mm-hmm. she's kind of like limping along mm-hmm. because she has a broken angle yeah i was looking for it and i was actually pretty impressed like she was i mean you could tell that she was limping a little bit but she was full-on running on yeah. that foot yeah yeah so that was pretty impressive let's talk about james Cameron being poor yeah that was <laughs> that was part of the reason why the budget for this movie was so low because he didn't really have any credit at that point monetarily or film-wise, um, but we were talking last night, and you were saying that, like, his mom was mailing him, like, McDonald's coupons mm-hmm. so he could eat. 
Yeah. It's nuts. Like, he had, he had done, um, he had been credited for Piranha 2, mm -hmm. even though I guess he didn't actually really do much for the movie, because he was actually fired from it. He mm -hmm. was there and got sick, so right. he mm -hmm. making a movie. Yeah. Uh, so he went from that to uh, Terminator, and after they casted Arnold, uh, the people who did Conan the Barbarian, they were like, oh, well, now we're going to uh, use this clause in Arnold's contract to uh, make Conan the Destroyer. So then they, they had to push Terminator back even further. So during this time, James Cameron's broke. You know, yeah. He doesn't have any money, so he's living paycheck to paycheck, which... Is, I don't know where he's getting these paychecks from. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> Probably from, like, friends or family. Probably doing day jobs. Yeah, right. Well, that's true, too. I, it's uh, how directors, like, this. I, I always find, like, stories about directors when they first start out really interesting because, mm -hmm. like, they start out pretty much how anybody else would start out. Yeah. Like, you have to start somewhere. Bottom somewhere. of the totem pole. Yeah. And James Cameron is kind of interesting to me um, because uh, I, I saw something in some behind-the-scenes video where they were talking about how ruthless of a director he is, where he has this vision and he doesn't deviate from it except for very, very rare instances, like, you know, going from this, let's have a Terminator that blends in to Arnold. Mm -hmm. You know, like... It, it takes a, a a long time to get him to change his mind, and mm -hmm. I thought that's very interesting that people stuck with him during the filming of this. If if he's so hard on on them and doesn't want to deviate, mm -hmm. I, I just I think it's interesting. Yeah, well, I think sure. it's impressive for Arnold too to come from Austria with barely speak any broken English. I think he only had like forty bucks in his pocket or something like really it's small pretty, amount of money. It's yeah, it he was, just got famous lifting weights. And I, hey, this guy'd make a good action movie. And then mm -hmm. you know what? Three movies in, four <coughs> movies because he did that one in the late sixties, right? Uh, was it the Hercules? Hercules in New York. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. and then um, yeah, his story is awesome. Yeah, and then he just hits this Terminator that just hits a vein, mm -hmm. and now he's one of the biggest action stars and goes on to hold. Office in California. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's impressive. Not a lot of people could do that in their lifetime. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. The governator. The, right. Yeah, the governor. And he was, uh, it's, it's crazy because um, everybody, everybody in the, and their mother was telling him, there's no way you're going to be a movie star. Look at your name. Uh -huh. Like, nobody's going to be able to pronounce that. Who the heck would want to put Schwarzenegger on, like, a title sequence for their movie? Like, you, you that's not going to work. Be careful how you say it. You might sound racist. Yeah. <laughs> Schwarzenegger. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, a very strong A. <laughs> so, yeah, Arnold is, he's, like, the true, like, immigrant success story you know what i mean yeah. like you just when he moved here that's what america crazy. was founded on mm -hmm. yeah he's more american than most americans i'd say <laughs> yeah <laughs> there's a lot of truth to that in what mm. you're saying it's um impressive man that just go from lifting weights to be one of the biggest movie stars of all time yeah and it wasn't it wasn't overnight yeah he definitely like it took him a while to get there but he mm -hmm. eventually definitely got there and that's why i go to the gym yeah. <laughs> One day, Zach's getting, I'll be a big movie star. Zach's getting back into it. But I'm going to go to Austria. <laughs> Roll reversal. You imagine the Austrian Terminator where I come in, <laughs> out the back! <laughs> the Beltonator. There, they'll actually want you to say, I will be back. Yeah. <laughs> Excuse me, ma'am, I will be back. <laughs> I'm leaving a bad Yelp review. I will... <laughs> <laughs> so it's, oh. it's also kind of crazy to think about, like, we talked about how much practical effects this movie used. Mm -hmm. Well, then when you look at the flip side, or like, the last movie that James Cameron did was Avatar. Mm -hmm. And how, like, CGI heavy that that movie is. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. So just, Nature. like, the, the swing from one to the other. Mm -hmm. He's not the same director he yeah. was. No. I, I don't think he is. He, he's really not. Mm -hmm. But I think the thing that is great about him and his career is when you look at a movie like Terminator, like you, like I said, it, it's guerrilla filmmaking at its finest. Mm -hmm. I mean, really. Um, but he really pushed for a, a lot of the innovations that we have in filmmaking. 
um, you know, uh, rear projection. Like, it was a thing, but, like, he perfected it. Mm -hmm. um, and now they're using it in, like, The Mandalorian for entire scenes. They don't oh, even yeah. make sets. They they just rear project the scene, yeah. and it's built into the camera. It's, it's That's a whole <laughs> other thing. Yeah, he, he's definitely an innovator, that's for sure. Yes. Which, uh, like... I told these guys about this last night, which actually kind of, um, I, I still love James Cameron. I love his movies, but mm -hmm. over the years he's been, he's, he's become kind of a little cocky butthead in, well, in some make, cases. When you make Titanic and Avatar, which yeah. are two of the top three yes, they grossing are. movies ever, yep. you know, I, I feel like he's, <laughs> I don't want to say he like deserves Earned the cockiness, it. <laughs> but, yeah, yeah, I get what um, but I get the fact that he hasn't made a movie since Avatar yeah. is kind of like, okay, well, sure, you made Avatar, but mm -hmm. what do you have for us now? And he's like, oh, I'm, I'm making Avatar 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7. <laughs> <laughs> I'm curious to see what that's going to be like. Yeah. Uh, and you just think about like, the movies he's made, like the first handful were all just instant classics, like Terminator, mm -hmm. Terminator 2, Aliens, mm -hmm. and uh, Rambo Part 2. Didn't he do that one? Was that James Cameron one? He's credited for something in it. I don't know. I think know. He, he was a writer for that. He, he was he's just a set. Yeah. <laughs> he, he just hung out behind the scenes. Hey he's guys, a... you filming that Rambo? He was <laughs> just me, GM. Don't worry about it. He Come wanted in. he wanted uh, he wanted Sly to be one of one of the robots in the next one. <laughs> yeah, that'd be cool. That'd be cool. <laughs> he's only been uh, like the director for like ten movies ever, mm -hmm. which is nuts. Like with all all the things that he's credited for. What about uh, Michael Bean's up to? Oh, that's a good question. I thought... He goes by Mr. Bean now. <laughs> <laughs> My name is Mr. Bean. Well, that's so funny. this was fun. Yeah. You yes. guys think so? Yeah. 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 Yes. We should do this again sometime. Yeah. We should start a podcast. Yeah, let's go ahead and do that. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that's pretty much it. I just want to get a few things out of the way. I would like to um, um, definitely give a shout out to uh, Mike Wilson, um, owner of American Dream Hi-Fi, uh, Kokomo's only record store. That's right. Um, I would he he gave us he gave us a shout out on his podcast. Um, that guy from the record store, and I I was blown away that he did that. He didn't have to do that at all, and uh, I it was just really really cool. I'm really I was really really thankful that he did that. And um, if you guys want to. Um, go check out his podcast, That Guy from the Record Store. It's really, really fun, interesting. Uh, most of it's they're talking about music and records. Uh, I think the last episode they talked about Record Store Day, uh, his order, the order that came in for that. Are you going to be going to... Um, I'm, I'm pretty broke. Yeah. Right now, so uh, we'll, there's like two records I, I really want. I haven't but. been... I haven't been to... Uh, to uh, hi-fi in a while so i'm definitely i'm probably definitely gonna go definitely um, go out there the american dream hi-fi it's a great little shop they mm -hmm. got a lot of movies and stuff too and uh yes yeah it's supporting local business which is always the best it's mm -hmm. right there on geek street yep yeah downtown kokomo um but yeah he's been he's been so nice and supportive of like our idea and uh just starting like boomstick video the brand in general he's been so nice and supportive so um, I just want to thank him for that. Uh, I want to thank Mr. Dave Clements, producer Dave Clements, sitting to, <laughs> sitting to my right. He is uh, he probably he probably doesn't really want this title, but he's the producer of the show. We pay <laughs> big money for it. Hey. Big money. <laughs> so I'm glad to have him on the show, and of course my other two best buddies, uh, part of the Boomstick Club, Zach and David. Whoop whoop. I'm not a juggalo. I was just about just, to say that. I drank some Fago last yeah. night. It's still in my system. Yeah, I bought. I brought Fago to the viewing of Terminator, guys. Yeah, because you know we're all. This is all for you, juggalos and juggalettes. <laughs> <laughs> whoop whoop. Uh, don't, don't mind. People are gonna think like, oh, these guys are these guys are actually juggalos. You guys can't see us, but we're in full clown makeup right now. <laughs> no, that's what you always try to say. <laughs> This is yeah. This is what yeah. We we do. This is a daily basis. <laughs> Juggalo is a way of life. Okay, I, that's I right. Work from home, so I can dress however. I want. 
So thanks so much, guys, for listening. Oh, to hey, episode. Real quick. Oh, go ahead. Go Don't ahead. Forget Dave. Stephen Arthur who did the oh the gosh boomstick. Yes, of course. Jingle. Of course, I need to thank Steve Arthur. He did the uh, he did the theme song, the boomstick video theme song. He's he's a part of the boomstick club as well. He lives all the way in Nashville, but he um, he's just as much as a, a part of this as we are. So I'd want to thank him for that. Um, um, yeah. Anything else you guys need to add? Yeah, join uh, the Facebook and Twitters and oh, yeah. Instagrams. And Follow us on everything. And suggest movies <laughs> you want us to talk about. Yes. We, this, this, is, this could go on forever, this podcast, because, I mean... There's literally hundreds of movies. <laughs> <laughs> hundreds. Hundreds. Entire hundreds of movies out there. Mike, do you have a preview of, of what our next movie might be? Oh, well... Um, my fiance Mariah is going to be on the show next time. I think um, I'm not sure if it's going to be um, it. The next episode might be me, myself, Uncle Nick, and Mariah. We might be talking about the Sandlot. Oh, uh, classic. That that'll be a family episode, maybe. Forever. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, so we'll definitely be talking about like, um, of course, like horror movies we're, we're gonna get to that for all of you horror fans out there we'll, we'll be getting to that soon but right now we're just getting our feet wet and just kind of like this is all new to me so don't worry we'll be back yeah <laughs> <laughs> and sh- oh i should have should have cut it off right there Dang. i still can yeah. <laughs> oh, edit it back like, don't worry we'll be back cue music right there roll credits um, thanks guys so much for, for watching, uh, or not watching. I mean, I'm so used to YouTube. Boomstick audio. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so used to YouTube, like when I end something. So thank you guys so much for watching, checking us out. Uh, I'm yeah. watching Mike. And if oh, okay. you watch the video <laughs> version of the audio version, I guess it, it works. I guess yeah, that's true. All right, guys. We'll talk to you soon. All right, thanks. Bye. Bye. Peace. Oh, and as always, be kind, rewind or die.